Hello, everyone, and welcome to... Where are we 39. at, Jacob? What's that? 39. Uh, yeah, usually as like we start this, I go and look on Spotify, but like they just changed Spotify. 40, episode 40 um, of the Coog Fan Podcast. My name is Jamie Vinnick. With me, as always, is my partner, Jacob Stevenson. Jacob, how we doing? I'm great, Jamie. Um, we are recording later than we normally do. It is Friday night. We normally record this with was on Mondays and then we got pushed to Wednesday and now it's Friday but uh how are you doing good doing well uh we got some obviously had some big news today in Cougarville um so yeah a couple things to talk about a couple questions shouldn't be too long of a of a pod this week but let's start with the newest member of the Washington State basketball family Mohammed Gay a four high four star basketball recruit from prolific prep in Napa California by way of Senegal uh, a 96, the highest-rated recruit in the 247 era, second highest behind Clay all time. Seven or six foot eleven, 205 pounds. He's reclassifying to 2021. Uh, he is a Coug. What an incredible get for Kyle Smith. Yeah, that's an amazing get. He's number 34, I believe, in the 247 2022 class. Mm-hmm. I assume he'll be a top 45, top 50 prospect in the 2021 class. He's a great get. A uh, long, athletic, can handle the ball and shoot it. He mentioned in an interview that uh, he, part of the reason he liked Washington State is because he knows F.A. and he really liked the way that uh, they used to. And he mentioned a great relationship with John Andersek and Kyle Smith. But uh, yeah. this, I was kind of shocked when the Cougs got him, not because of the scholarship situations, pretty crowded, but... And we'll get to that here in a little. They, we got some questions about that. Washington State doesn't get these guys. No. Historically, don't, we don't... Washington State doesn't get top 50 recruits at anything. No. I mean, that's just... <laughs> you know, Clay... As we said, Clay's the highest recruit in, in school history. Um, and, you know... And that was with Tony Bennett coming off tournament teams. Uh, yeah. I, I mean... And you've got to... You have to look back. And again, the rankings were different then, so it's not technically... Technically... Gay is the highest rated recruit in like the two four seven era, but Clay is listed as being like a ninety eight. So, still, uh, just a remarkable get, and a guy who's going to come in and and, and hopefully is, is going to be an impactful player. And I think the thing you see with Gay um, is you know you look at a guy 6'11", 205, and the first thing you think is all right, he's probably a tremendous athlete, maybe still you know uh, a little gangly, trying to kind of fill into his body. That's not him. He moves fluidly. He moves like an Evan Mobley moves, like a a natural seven foot guy more than maybe a you know a kind of an awkward seven foot guy and I think that's that's incredible. Oh, it is. Um, but yeah, Definitely. he he uh, he moves very well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, just to you know, another unbelievable get by this coaching staff. They've they've had a few of them now, and um, just another another guy with athleticism, with size. He can step out. He can hit a three. Uh, he can handle the ball a little bit. He's obviously gonna be able to rebound. Um, at six eleven, he can dunk. Uh, you know, pretty good dunker, block shots, etc. Um, it, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be another really fun guy to watch on the Palouse next year. Oh, definitely. And uh, yeah, that's just an amazing get. Yeah. And uh, the level of recruiting in two years from Ernie Kent to Kyle Smith has just been incredible. And Kyle Smith's been doing a great job. And I think that the the ceiling and the expectation of the team goes a little bit higher now. Oh, I, I think that's that's fair. I mean, you look at, um, you know, I pretty. I'm just looking in the list here. Uh, Smith's now got three, four, 
four recruits or no, I'm going to keep going five, six, seven, eight, eight recruits higher than Ernie Kent's highest high school recruit ever. Eight recruits rated higher than that. Um, so pretty much everyone he's brought in in the last two classes, um, Ernie Kent's highest was Milan Aqua, who became a really nice player at Cal Baptist, and then his highest ever was mm-hmm. Quentin Hinson, who was a Juco guy who, well, he didn't really pan out here. <laughs> but anyways, no. so yeah. so Neither, be, Milan. Neither did Milan. <laughs> no, and that's uh, that, that was not a Milan deal, I don't think. Obviously... There's no question Milan could play. I mean, he went and started. Cal- was he a Big West player of the year at Cal Baptist? He he was. I don't think he was, but he was all Big West. I know that for a fact. I'm going to look that up right now. He averaged. I don't think he, I don't think he was. I'm, I'm, I don't think. Yeah, I'm, I don't think he was. I'm looking right now. Yep, he was. Or no, whack player of the year. Excuse me, he was the whack player of the year. Oh. Because they're in the whack. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. He was the whack player of the year um, in, in 2019-20. So yeah. yeah, but he could play though. Yeah, I he think could. He had talent. He just didn't, it just didn't work out here. Is he still playing? I wonder. Uh, doesn't say he right now. Professionally, because he declared. Yeah, I wonder if he's maybe in Europe or something. Maybe. Uh, anyways, uh, so we talked about gay. Uh, other great stuff in Cougville. The Wazoo baseball team, four in a row. And we're recording on Friday night in case this get uh comes out after the game has started tomorrow. Uh, four in a row, six of eight, 23 and 17. They beat the number 16 team in the country, five to two. Uh, three of their last four wins against ranked teams. They're hot. And they're mm-hmm. starting to maybe make a late push for that for a tournament berth. The Cougs have been playing really good ball. And uh, speaking of a guy that's hot, Tristan Peterson's been hot. TP has been on fire. Four, excuse me, four or homers in four consecutive games. Um, and I, th- I think I tweeted this. I, you know, I, I watched uh, Peterson a lot in the Northwoods when I worked there, and he was playing for a, uh, a different a different team. And this is what he did. At, at just at any point, got so hot that you, you just you wouldn't you shouldn't pick him because he's going to put one in the seats. Um, and obviously, there's no you don't put one in the seats at Bailey Brayton, but you get the point. Um, yeah, homers in four straight, a huge two run homer tonight to tie the game, uh, and then a wild pitch gave the Cougs the lead, and Colin Montez. Uh, stretched it out with a two-run single. And then Connor Barrison, Michael Newstrom shut it down with the bullpen after a great outing from Brandon White. And and the best thing for the Cougs is, and this is they haven't done a ton of this, is getting the Game 1 series win, or the Game 1 win in the series. Because now you send your best arm tomorrow in Zane Mills. So Zane goes, and you get a chance to wrap up, the, to get the series win tomorrow. And then if you can do that, you've got the chance to go for a sweep. Yeah, that's huge, and Cougs uh, are playing better, and you don't want to get ahead of yourselves, but uh, getting wins this time of the year is very important as you push through the postseason, and you got to beat good teams. The RPI's climbing up there, but uh, yeah, Peterson's been hot, and the team's been playing well lately. Yeah, and they did this tonight without Kyle Russell, um, who was not in the lobby. He had injured himself, um, I think, on, on Wednesday against Seattle U., uh, Matt McClain was not in the lineup for UCLA. He's kind of, I think, their best hitter. That, I'm not, I'm not sure if that was just a day off or what, but he was, uh, he was not in the lineup. So, you know, Cougs will take that, but that, that may have just been a scheduled day off and we'll, we'll see if he's in the lineup tomorrow, but he's, he's one of their better hitters. He's going to be a, an early first round draft pick. Um, me and Jacob, both Mariner fans, we've talked about him as a Mariner target because they need middle <laughs> yes, and good prospects. Yeah, but, he's a good player. Yeah, but no, great to see. And then, you know, they've got... 
And this was their toughest series left. After this, you've got uh, three series. You've got USC next week, who's below them in the standings. You've got the, the undetermined series, depending on if they're RPI chasing or not. And then you've got UW, who's the worst team in the league. Um, and then you've got a game against Portland on Tuesday, a 1 o'clock weird start time. But uh, they beat Portland earlier in the year, and Portland's not particularly good. So you've got a chance to, to really get on a run here and try and close this season on a high note. And, you know, even if you don't get into the tournament, come back with some momentum. You know, they'll look a little different next year. I, I don't expect either Mansardo or Mills to be there because um, they're probably both going pro. Peterson won't have any eligibility left, but, you know, there's a lot of, and there's still a lot of good young players. I mean, they're pulling in big-time classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, number one recruiting Juco class in the country. Correct? Yeah, that is correct, uh, you know, so it'll be fun to watch. A um, couple other quick notes before we get into some questions. Again, this is not going to be probably our longest recording. Um, Ostrog Dragicevic did not get drafted. I don't think a punter got drafted in the NFL draft last week. Did did one? Mm. Um, I think so. I know a long snapper got picked. I know a couple long snappers got picked. I know a couple kickers got picked. I did not think, and I'm, I'm checking this right now to see if I'm wrong. Uh, oh, one punter went. Presley Harvin the third uh, from Georgia Tech was, um, I think the second or third to last. Yeah, he was. He went like in the last five pick, last uh, last six picks. He went so. Uh, so only one punter, but Oscar signs with the Panthers, so he'll get a shot uh, to compete, which is awesome. Yeah, and uh, another football note: Esau Winston signed with the Saints. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot to write that down. Yeah, good for Sop. You know, <laughs> he kind of got caught in that, you know, a bad situation last year, where just that, you know, guys that you couldn't, uh, there weren't really many camps, but so you kind of worried guys like him, Fred Mangoa, Anthony Gord, were they going to get the opportunities that they deserved? Um, Obviously, Gore's on a reserves deal with the Chiefs, or a futures deal with the Chiefs, and it's good to see Sop get an opportunity as well. We know what he can do. Throw the ball towards him, he's going to catch it. <laughs> um, Definitely. But, we, uh, transfer, uh, Lucas Bacon uh, entered his name in the transfer portal. Yeah, so I think, you know, Bacon wasn't on the spring roster, so I think it's something that you figured may, maybe he was, uh, was looking a little imminent, but, um, yeah, you know, best of luck to him, and... Uh, you know, I think the receiver depth chart starting to fill up a little bit. C.J. Moore coming in, Donovan Ollie emerging. You know, these are guys that, um, you know, we're, we're going to start really, really pushing for those uh, those spots. So hopefully Lucas finds a good landing spot and can get himself some, some more uh, consistent playing time. It just You know, there's, there's a lot of receivers at, at Washington State. That much is for sure. Oh, totally. And uh, best of luck to him. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, on to a few questions again. We told you this is going to be a shorter one. Um so, first question, uh, what are the options being uh, now two players over the scholarship limit in basketball? Does it look like Rapp or Vova is moving on? Is it possible to redshirt one of them? Uh, we're not going to speculate names about who's moving on um, just because it, it doesn't do us any good. It doesn't do the coaching staff any good. Um, you know, we don't want to throw a kid's name out there and say, oh, we think he's going to leave, and then the kid hears it and, say, and says, you know, I'm not going anywhere, and, you know, why do people want me out, et cetera. Um, so I, we're not going to speculate names or leaving. I, again, I mentioned the two players. I'm just reading the question as it was written. Um, they are obviously going to have to move on. from. Or there's going to have to be some roster space clearing, though. With, with Michael Flowers and with Gay, they both count. So, you know, there was some speculation. Would Flowers not count because he's a super senior? No, he counts. So they're going to have to clear up two scholarships. There's a variety of ways they can do this. You know, they could 
you know, uh, there's, I think, gray shirts and blue shirts. That all gets a little tricky. Um, they could, you know, they could – I don't think they're going to tell guys, like, hey, we're kicking you off the team, we're stripping your scholarship. But what they probably will have to do and what they may have already done is, you know, they go to a couple guys and say, hey, we're going to be transparent with you here. We don't really know if there's minutes for you. We think it might be best if you go pursue another option, something like that. Um, but again, we don't yeah, we don't, we don't yeah. know who. We're not going to speculate who. Um, you know, that's just that's kind of internal things, and they know what they're doing. They're not going to go into next season over the scholarship limit. I mean, that just it, it is what it is. Um, but in regards to redshirting, yeah, there are guys they could redshirt. Um, and I think with you know the roster you're looking at right now with with the guys, there could be some redshirts. Again, we're not going to throw names out of who. May or may not redshirt, um, but I, I do think it's feasible that we see a redshirt or two next year, just because of the amount of guys they have on the roster. I definitely think a guy or two could redshirt next year, and if the guy's not going to play, mm-hmm. especially if he's a younger player, redshirt him one practice, one get that year back. Right. Uh, scholarships always work themselves out. Yep. To they're too over the limit. There's also a chance that a kid told the staff, "Hey, I'm going to transfer. I'm going to wait till I finish school." Or hey, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna wait till I finish school, and maybe in a couple of days somebody puts their name in the portal. And right, the coaches knew a month ago he was leaving. Right. Or that could happen. Gray shirts. Uh, they they always work themselves out. But uh, redshirting is death. I will be surprised if nobody redshirts next year, just with having a full roster and for it being a deep team. There's there's gonna you want to be able to maximize guys. Uh, ability while you're there and uh if they're not going to play then why does might as well retro them and develop them even more right and i think the um yeah and it is possible that they do know of guys leaving and that you know the guys are waiting till the end of semester which i think should be probably this week wasn't it um and they're just waiting to finish up classes because then it you know maybe they have enough classes to grad transfer and uh, this is all just speculation so you know, um, but yeah, they, there will have to be probably some roster, some roster shuffling to fit everyone in. Uh, next question. Uh, what's the update with Ryan Kershaw? Did he medically retire? If so, does that open up a spot for the 2021 class? Uh, at, at this point, I mean, there's been, there's been, I think some whispers of this. I haven't personally heard anything that suggests that. Um, I don't think he played in the spring game. But I, you know, again, we don't want to speculate about that. Uh, hopefully he's okay, and hopefully he can play. I mean, I think he's he'd be a good addition. If though, if if for whatever reason he um, is not able to play, then yes, that would open up a scholarship. Uh, just to answer that part of the question. Yeah, uh, we don't know. I, we haven't heard anything. Hopefully everything's okay and he's able to play. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I don't know. Yeah, just you know, haven't heard anything concrete about that or. Anything like that. Uh, speaking of the 2021 class, are we getting any closer to filling the 2020 or the last scholarship for the 2021 class? Uh, we've had a few articles on Coop Fan lately about this. You know, just guys that maybe could be a, a filler. You know, the, the recent recruiting article we did talked about a, uh, a specific guy. Um, it's hard to say if they're close, though, just because, again, the thing with recruiting is it changes all the time. You know, you, you look at a guy like Jihad Latif who committed to the Cougs last week. Didn't really know he was anywhere near committing, and then next thing you know, he's you know a coup verbal. So um, I, I assume that they're looking, and I assume they're actively searching. Um, but I, I can't say really one way or another if they're close to uh, filling it. 
But I would think that if they are going to fill that last spot, they would probably want to do it sooner rather than later. You don't want to fill it in, uh, in, you know, in August and have the kid miss all the camp. So, you know, they probably, if you look last year, Jalen Watson was one of their, I think their last commit for the 2021 class. Um, and, and I think he committed in like, was it May, June? That was June. I was at Costco. I remember it was June. And you sent me that he committed, but uh, I, don't, I remember specifically where I was. But it, it was June. I'm, I'm looking right now because I think he committed on the same day as someone else, if my memory serves me. And it often does not. I think he did. I think it was. It was the kid from. Was it the same day as that corner who he committed with Utah? Oh, Lloyd, it might have been. I'm looking right now to see. Because. Uh, See, this is what we do half the time. We talk about these things in the podcast, and then like something like jogs our memory. But uh, Watson I, committed I on June twenty. 20- I remember I was at Costco for both of those commitments. I think you're right. I think <laughs> um, I'm looking right now. He committed June twenty sixth. I think Lloyd, yeah, Elijah Lloyd, who ended up at Utah. Uh, I think he. Let's see. He committed the day before. So, um, so yeah, it was pretty much. Okay. I think I think two Maybe, bat signals. I think two bat signals went up around the same time, or something like that. Um, something yeah. like that happened, yeah, but, or yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, so yeah, so sometimes those things happen. They happen late, and you just you know you they happen when they happen. Um, mm-hmm. How much does recruiting look to pick up for the twenty twenty two class with things opening in June? Are we looking at a full class, or are we limited because of the need to get scholarships back to the eighty five count uh, this year? I would think they're going to go full class. You know, I think we always assume full class unless we hear otherwise. Um, and with, you know, they've had a lot of guys enter the portal. So I think there are spots. Um, and yeah, I, I do think recruiting is, I do think recruiting is going to pick up once they start to get visits. And they've got four guys scheduled right now. Uh, Aiden Lowry uh, on June 26th, JP Dieter, June 24th, Eric Wilder, June 18th, and Chaz Nimrod, June 10th. So I think as visits come, recruiting for the Cougs will pick up. And that's a good, really good thing because recruiting for Washington State right now is already, you know, pretty darn good. They're, they've done well the start, you know, getting three pretty pretty talented and, and highly regarded uh, players to start the class. So I think as it opens up and they're able to show kids Pullman, I think it's going to bode, bode well for them um, in upping their recruiting efforts. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Jamie. I think that with the transfers and, you know, a lot of kids leaving, there's kids that transfer every year, there's kids who don't want to come back for their fifth year or whatever, scholarships will open up. So I expect them to take a full class. But June 1st, I believe, is when the visits start coming. And I think when visits come in and a normal-ish offseason for high school kids, we're going to hear more buzz. And June, July, it's going to be pretty much picking up, I think. Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts as well, is kind of what you'll see. And, and you know, and they're already ahead of where they were last year in terms of when they get commits. Remember, it took them till, uh May 1st to get any commits, and then they had three uh, by that date this time. So, anyways, uh, anything else we got, Jacob? Kind of, as we said, a shorter pod. I think that's uh, pretty much it. Uh, I'm excited for the, to watch the baseball team tomorrow, and hopefully yeah. that they can continue it going. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's good good to see another Washington State athletics team just come on the rise, another uh, upward trajectory team, and yeah, and 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 probably if if we're being you know honest here, probably Wazoo's most uh, their most traditionally successful team if you look back to the mm-hmm. history and with Bobo Brayton and uh, you know and, and Chuck Bailey I or not know. Chuck Bailey, um, uh, his first name. Uh, this is embarrassing. Um, 
Are you talking about Brayton? Uh, Bailey Brayton, no. I'm drawing a blank on Bailey's first name. This is embarrassing. Bailey Brayton? No, Bailey Brayton's two different people. Buck Bailey, that's right. Buck Bailey and Bobo Brayton. Um, Anyways, but uh, yeah, thanks again for tuning in to the Kook Fan Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at SteveJAC002 or at JamieVinnick9, J-A-M-E-Y-V-I-N-N-I-C-K and the number 9, and of course, KookFan.com, at KookFan.com. And stay tuned to KookFan for all the news and updates regarding Washington State. Uh, But anyways, thanks again for tuning in. This has been Jamie and Jacob on the Kook Fan Podcast.